Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I'm Never Told You, production of iHeartRadio. And welcome to another happy hour that we're actually doing on a Thursday as it is released on a Thursday. Yes, we are recording on a Thursday. And as you're listening, it is a Thursday. Well, actually, no, we have no idea when you're listening. But if you were listening to it when it first came out. Yes. Yes. As I said. Yes. Just a reminder, (laughs) the company that we are talking about does not sponsor us. Uh, We discovered them and didn't get a lot of detail, but because I was in Jacksonville, Florida, I was like, I need female run, female owned, female uh, head of breweries. And we found one called Bold City Brewing. And if you are drinking, drink responsibly, no matter what you drink. Because as we discussed last time, caffeine can mess with you too, as a reminder. Yeah. Samantha recently kindly gave me these caffeine, they're not mints because they're not all mint, but like a tablet? <laughs> no, they're mints, technically. Like they're like the category of mints, uh, but mint, not but not mint flavored. Yeah. Right. Um, and last night I could not sleep. And I had my two cups of coffee because I'm a two cup gal. But around 11, I was like, I'm going to need more than two cups today. <laughs> so I had one of those mints. <laughs> but I'm doing all right. It was half a cup. I, okay. So two and a half. I didn't broach the three. I didn't okay. go past that one. Okay. Yeah. But you were up still? Oh, I feel it now. I'm like wired. <laughs> the next day? No, no, no. 11 a.m. today. Oh, Sorry. okay. I thought you said yesterday you couldn't sleep. So last night you couldn't sleep. I couldn't Keep sleep. Making 11 you tired now. Okay. I've caught mm-hmm. up the story. So if you're having caffeine, yes. drink responsibly on that as well. But today we are featuring Bold City Brewing, which is located in Jacksonville, Florida. Apparently they have two locations and we only found the one in downtown. There's another one. Uh, bartender, very nice there. We got some little uh, stickers, very nice. But uh, the reason we are talking about them and featuring them, it is actually owned by a mother's son team, Susan and Brian Miller. Uh, Her son is the actual brewer who has been home brewing since early 2000s. Um, And when he kind of came up with the idea and sold her on it, she quit her day job and she became a creator with him. She became a fierce supporter and handles the corporate and business side of the business. So she is the brains in that financial part of that. And uh, when speaking about supporting her son, she stated, that, quote, the risk didn't seem so big when she just considered the likelihood of his success, uh, believing in what he could do. And he he actually took her around to teach her about brewing as well as took her to a conference. She got really excited and came on board uh, with this idea. And he said about his mother that he couldn't do this business without her and talking about her dedication and hard work between spending nights in the tap room, helping behind the bar and her business savvy in helping to grow the business. And, and they are growing indeed. So we wanted to feature them. And uh, yeah, they apparently work really well. It's a whole family business. Such a beautiful thing, right? When they're a functioning family. It is. <laughs> That's how I do it. Yes. But today we are drinking two different beers. I actually got three because I also got one of their main staples, which is a brown ale we had earlier 
last week, but we're not featuring them today. We are drinking two different ones, and mine is called Brian's Beer de Garde, uh, which, by the way, um, is a specialty beer. It's, it's a seasonal beer, and I don't know how much longer it's going to be around. And it is delightful. It is one of those darker ales, uh, but golden brown-ish, uh, and it has a lot of, like, to me, brown sugar-ish taste with that barley. Um, malty for sure. And it is a delight. I ate a corn dog with it, y'all. And it was great. She did. I was very was happy good. for her. She seemed was, very happy. I was very happy. <laughs> I ate a turkey corn dog. Mm-hmm. That feels very summer to me. I don't know if it is, but it feels... It was, again, another avenue for me to eat more ketchup and mustard. Apparently, I'm obsessed with sugary tomatoes and spicy mustard. I, I understand. Yeah. I went through a period in college where I was just eating, like, essentially ketchup. I would disguise it in other ways. Right. But I was really there for the ketchup. And I even went on a whole deep dive of, like, why do we crave what we crave? Is there a problem? <laughs> what, what is I my body all missing? all the time. I'm like, what is my body mm-hmm. saying to me? Uh, but back on this beer de garde, which <laughs> if I'm saying it wrong... Correct me, I guess. According to Untapped, these are the beer notes, uh, was brewed in collaboration with cask competition winner and home brewer Brian Esk. I guess uh, Brian Miller is going back to that home brewing route and his roots. It features a big malt presence with notes of caramel and toffee. The sweetness along with a slightly fruit and citrus undertone from the Kivik Voss yeast Yes, correct me on that too, uh, which helps balance the high ABV and makes this beer easy to drink and perfect for the springtime weather. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, springtime weather. Meanwhile, I am drinking the Psychotic Probiotic, which is a barrel fermented sour. And the beer notes from Untapped are, this is the fourth year of the Sour Solera Barrel Project, a very tart and tropical fruity golden sour. So... I have been trying to detect what fruit I would think it is because it is very tart. It's like the type of tart where your mouth kind of puckers and waters. But I I mean, I really enjoy it. But I think that's one of the things I'm tasting was because I can tell it's very fruity. I couldn't tell which fruit. But if it's tropical, then there's kind of that heavier almost malty sweetness, but it's it's still very refreshing and fruity, but maybe like a pineapple or something is going on. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm not great at, as you know, describing taste. I did it that one time. You guys time. are saying that. You do a good job. So you, I don't think you can claim that anymore. I did it. I did it the one time and I'm very impressed, but I, I, I'm impressed with myself. No, you do a good um, job because I think the thing when it comes to and why it's called probiotic is that yogurt or uh, leaning sour, yeah. which is not your typical. Mm-hmm. So you've got that yeast that makes it a little more sour but bready, and it's not necessarily mm-hmm. a fruit, but you want to associate that with some kind of citrusy level. So, yeah. that, and then the kombucha is that same level. When you have something soured, when you have a kimchi, when you have anything fermented, it tastes sour, but not necessarily fruity, but we still associate that sour with fruity. So I think you're right. It may not be an actual fruit, which is why they can't or they don't describe it as a fruit either. Yeah, that's a good point. It does it does kind of remind me of like a, a yogurt or a kombucha level. All right. See? Okay, I'm into it in either case. Yeah, it makes it almost <laughs> effervescent as well. And I feel the same way about yogurts. Yeah. And I'm like, why is this got like a tang pop almost? 
about is this mother-child relationship because I'm a, I was a little bit envious that they could have a business and they did say at one point in one of their interviews it was a make or break. They knew either it was going to harm their relationship or make it better, right. but they were able to communicate and they're good. And I thought about that too. I was like, mother-child relationships, you don't see many that are successful in adulthood in partnerships necessarily. I'm not going to talk right. about that, but I did have some personal <laughs> questions for you, Annie. And because we are called Stuff Mom Never Told You, and I know this goes back to Kristen Conger's whole definition of this, not realizing it would carry until now because, yeah, there's a lot of things where like not everybody has moms and not having mom is not a good thing necessarily or maybe a great thing or maybe you have a mom who is open or you don't want to be reminded that you have a mom or you have two dads, you know. All of those things. Or you were raised by a grandparent. Right. And I know that was that conversation. But going back to our show, you do have a mom, as do I. <laughs> I do. Uh, what is something that your mom didn't tell you that you wish she had? I think it's hard to put into words, but it's essentially that it's okay to say no and like be okay with because she was really she was my biggest offender she was somebody who's like my brothers would be making fun of me for my love of star wars even though they love star wars and she would like step in like no nothing's wrong like she likes this and nothing's wrong with her and then so she was always there to do those kinds of things but i did observe her and and one of my favorite characteristics of her is she's very nice but one of the, I struggle with saying no to this day or knowing what I want to this day. And I don't blame that on all on her at all. But I think like maybe a direct conversation about it would have helped because my mom, my family in general doesn't have great communication about things that aren't lighthearted. And so there were several instances where I would ask, like, I remember I asked once of my mom, like, what the hell is going on down here with my anatomy? And she's like, I'll tell you later. We never returned to that conversation. <laughs> that could be for any number of reasons. But <laughs> things like that. Yeah, I, I've thought about this a lot because it is the title of our show. And I guess it's it's sort of hard to name one specific thing because it feels like what I'm saying is basically the patriarchy sucks. Is right. I wish she, should have, she could have told me that, but I wouldn't have understood it anyway, really. Right. You know, I think I have a lot of complicated things with my mom. And... The things that she did do well, I kind of wish I could flip it. And I really wish she was able, and I was able to tell her how great she was at some of these things. She's probably one of the most creative people I've ever met in my life, as well as when it comes to like arranging or organizing. She could have been the Southern Marie Kondo. Like the way she organizes, the way she was able to be so frugal, she was a coupon mom before there were coupon moms. Like when it came down to how to save money, she is a genius in budgeting, but she would never recognize all of that. And she'd never taught me how to do that myself. She just knew she had to because she had four children at one point in time. There was one income and she was in charge of all of the bills and making sure it was done. So I really think that she had that of course, this came with a level of anxiety and constant doubt from her, but she did it. And I really wish that she was able to see that and that she could have taught that to me. Of course, it's my fault because we did have like a whole barrier because she wanted to be best friends. And I, I'm not about parents at that point in time because I still mistrusted parents. And I still do to this day a little bit. And we've had back and forth conversations. But there's this whole level that I'm like, man, I really wish I could have learned that from you. And 
And in that same route, I was like, I really wish I'd have taught you how amazing you were doing in doing these things, as well as that you're missing out because of the fear of some of these things. And and because she was a genuinely like genius woman, with, but she's in her mind, not educated, not smart enough in comparison to those who are educated, having self-doubt that people actually liked her or wanted her to do it. And then also was so scared that she was going to offend somebody. Like that's her level. And seeing, looking back, I'm like, man, you did some amazing shit. And I'm really sad that you <laughs> don't see that you did some amazing shit. Like, and if I had yeah. been able to be as frugal and as aware as you are, and of course for her, I'm sure it was survival, but I'm like, you have no idea how big of a talent that is today. And I think about that a lot. What is something that she did tell you? that you value even more today? <laughs> There's one answer that comes to mind immediately, and I don't know why, but she once told me, and this is going to sound kind of grim, especially when I just came from, like, she, we only have lighthearted conversations, and we only... <laughs> uh, she told me once when I was like nine or 10, she said, money doesn't buy happiness, but it makes it easier. And then she went on to tell me that I should question essentially the American dream. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it was the first time I'd ever heard, because for people outside of the United States, you do not know. We get like bombarded with this. I think they understand now. And that's why they don't like Americans. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you're true. Yeah, that's that's true. But I mean, like, from a young age, we we get like this, you could accomplish anything. Oh, my goodness. You're just going to set your mind to it. And my mom and I are very, very open with each other now. And it's something I really value. And we'll talk about all kinds of things. And it's meant the world to me to hear her experiences and and kind of having these adult conversations. But when I was a kid, that just really stuck out to me. And I'm not saying like that's especially... I don't know, like, it's it's wise, but it's not like you can't, people don't know that. But as a child, I was very stressed about money. And I think she knew that. And it was, she was trying to communicate to me, like, you know, your your worries are valid. Like, you see this message in movies all the time and that you don't need money to buy happiness. And I think that's true. But she was just like, you know, it does make it easier. Yeah, <laughs> it stuck out with me. Uh, and that was one of the first times where I was like, you know, maybe mom's really stressed about stuff. <laughs> That's real. That's real. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. for me, she made a comment without realizing she made a comment, which was about the fact that when I started traveling, which happened, I started, I went to Puerto Rico for a summer in senior year, I went to California right before my senior year for a couple of weeks to hang out with our family in California. I had the best time. They provided for us. I didn't know what they were doing, but they bought us tickets to Universal. They bought us tickets to the game. Like we didn't pay for any of that. And then when I went to Europe after college, she made a comment about how she never got to travel and I should be grateful. Like it was a little bit of jealousy, but I th- mm-hmm. it stuck with me in that as much as she loved her family and as much as she loved her life, and she does, I, there, 
there's nothing in her life I think she would say she would, she would change ever. But it did seem interesting that she said that because she also had said to me, kind of just saying, you know, after you have kids, things change. Was that initial? Mm-hmm. And I think this was after my sister had a child uh, who was the first of the family to have a kid uh, of my siblings. And she was uh, just trying to imply, I don't have many regrets, but this is something I wish I was able to do. I wish I could do. And I think she was trying since then, but with her back pain, she can't travel as much. I think she's finally gotten to a point she can do a little more. She finally got to go to New York. I think she went to California. I'll have to go back and uh, I'm a bad daughter. <laughs> this is a while ago and a haze of things. But like being able to actually travel. And I, and she talked about when I went to Italy, how jealous she was that I had gone to Italy. And it was mm. that was playful. But other mm-hmm. comments about me going was not as much. Right. But it, it inspired like, oh, I need to get the things yeah. I want done first. I need to be able to get to there. I need to be able to do these things before it's too late. Because there are moments I could feel like that it is, whether it is because you have children, it's more expensive, you get caught up in your work, like all of these things, which you and I have talked about with trying to take vacation. It's hard. It's actually, like coming back was stressful, even though we had over-prepared and we worked our saw for like through like a month Mm -hmm. trying to make sure we caught up but then when we came back there was so much to catch up on it took us two weeks to get to here Mm -hmm. it was kind of that implication that you need to try when you can because you don't know what might stop you later that Mm -hmm. is unavoidable yeah yeah that's we, we, yeah, we've talked about that a lot, about how we had these kind of perceptions of what our lives would be and then what they turned out to be. Right. <laughs> and that has been something I've seen with my mom as well, as she'll, when I'll ask her, like, well, what is something you want? Like, you've focused almost your whole life on what other people want. What is something you want? And she'll say kind of timidly to me, like, I would like to travel. Like, we can make this happen for you. Right. <laughs> we can do this. Um, but it is kind of heartbreaking in the sense of, like, She's never asked, had someone ask her that before, been asked, even asked herself that before. Right. Or, you know, not not in a serious manner, perhaps. Not, didn't entertain it in a serious way. I will say, for some reason, this really sticks out with me. But one time, my mom, she kept a really detailed scrapbook. I don't even know if that's the correct word. But it's like every year you would update. And like during her 14th year of life or whatever, I just remember... She asked me once, like, what is your favorite song? And I told her it was P.O.D., Sleeping Awake, from, at the time, The Matrix Reloaded, which is where I had heard it. Not Alive. And she just, the fact that she wrote it down, she asked me and she wrote it down as if it was important and it mattered. It did. (laughs) It's so sweet. (laughs) You know what? My mother, again, one of her talents is scrapbooking. Uh, when I say, mm-hmm. so we had a huge fire that burned a majority of stuff. And and as a child, I didn't have many things to begin with. My photos didn't start till I was seven. So I have no pictures of me being a baby, none of those things. Uh, being adopted, literally being taken with a small backpack from a home at six, five years old to an orphan meant I had nothing. And my mother did her best to keep as much as she could. And when it burned, she would find the scraps that were burned around the edges, cut around it, and put it into my scrapbook. And I'm very grateful for that. I don't do photos. I am the worst when it comes to things like this. I am not sentimental. And I think it has everything to do with that type of background. Yeah. But my mother is queen 
I'm telling you, <laughs> she should have had, and she did have a couple of businesses that she just stopped because she got too busy with kids. That mm-hmm. she should be as successful as Marie Kondo still in my mind. Now with like getting older, I don't think she would ever attempt it, but she should. And I will post up a picture of my scrapbook. I think we need the pictures of our scrapbook, Annie, uh, because my mother is queen. Uh, but it's a talent <laughs> that I don't have and I wish I did. I have several scrapbooks. Uh, one is from my time in Australia, but the rest are from, I kid you not, my experience loving Harry Potter and Star Wars. I believe that. They're like that. cutouts and pop-up. They're impressive, I gotta say. <laughs> I want to see those as well. Uh, my okay. mother did quotes, and she ev- she even put in there, uh, I don't, I think we talked about our weird phobias. I have a really bad phobia of like polka dots and the dots, and especially misshaping mm-hmm. dots. Um, and she put that in one of my pictures as a as a thought bubble and by the way i watched suicide squads and oh my god annie you didn't prepare me <laughs> the polka dot guy no no the starfish was worse <laughs> i told you about the starfish you didn't tell me it had all okay, the weird this, dots and like weird shapes on his skin i was not ready this is an argument we need to have off okay, podcast fine. samantha oh. <laughs> to our mothers anyway. to the things they did not tell us and to the things they did Cheers. And cheers cheers to you, listeners. If you would like to write to us, we would, as always, love to hear from you. Our email is stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram at Stuff I'm Never Told You. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina. What did your mom tell you, Christina? We're going to find this off mic. Yes, we must investigate. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I'll Never Told You's production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. <laughs> 